the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Friend, God's hands are not so high that He can't reach down to touch you in your life. God is with you in Jesus. God has found a way to touch us. That is Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. And as a reminder, you can always tune into the live worship service held every Saturday at 11 o'clock and Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. You're most welcome to be our guest, either online or in person. I'll have more information on that as we continue with today's broadcast. Today here on Reaching Your Heart, we conclude the message we started the last time we were together, entitled, The Touch of Jesus. That's The Touch of Jesus. We hope that you enjoy it. Thanks for listening today. Here is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. The book, The Desire of Ages... Pages 23, 24, write it down. Awesome pages. It's in the chapter, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. The first chapter is our of ages. This chapter is chiastic, which means it's a supernatural chapter. It's been given to us by God. It's not just a chapter in a book. It is the testimony of Jesus outside of Scripture. God commanded Moses for Israel, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And he abode in the sanctuary in the midst of his people, through all their weary wandering in the desert, the symbol of his presence was with them. So Christ set up his tabernacle in the midst of our human encampment. He pitched his tents by the side of the tents of men. And he might dwell among us and make us familiar with his divine character and life. The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And we beheld his glory. Glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Since Jesus came to dwell with us, we know that God is acquainted with our trials and sympathizes with our griefs. Every son and daughter of Adam may understand that our Creator is the friend of sinners. For in every doctrine of grace, every promise of joy, every deed of love, every divine attraction presented in the Savior's life on earth, we see God with us. Friend, God touches us in Jesus. God lives with us. God bridges the gap in Jesus. The old problem of no touching God ends in Jesus. In the Old Testament, God hides behind a veil and God is hard to touch because we are hard. It appears at times that God is hard to find as well. Jesus healed in many ways in his ministry in the Gospel of Matthew. I'm focusing on Matthew now. So move from the Old New Testament. But when Jesus healed with a touch, the healing was an experience that was special and profound. There are only four times in the Gospel of Matthew when Jesus reaches out to touch someone. And I want to go through them very quickly with you. When Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, how many of you are engaged in the Sermon on the Mount? It's the heart of Jesus' teaching. Christ gave the Sermon on the Mount. He pointed us to the secret place of prayer where God is ready to be found by those who seek him. 
And when the sermon ends in Matthew 7, Matthew writes that Jesus taught them as one who had authority and not as their scribes and Pharisees. Not nonsense stuff from the pulpit. Jesus taught real living material. And then when Jesus finished his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 8, he came down to heal a man. That's the first thing he starts to to come down to heal a man by touching him, violating the law of Moses to heal that man. He just said, not one jot or tittle from the law will pass away until all is fulfilled. But he is there to end the law that says you can't touch a leper. God gave the law and God was in Christ as the God-man. There's no contradiction between the lawgiver and the law. But that law has to change for the sake of touching people who need God. And so the story that follows the Sermon on the Mount teaches us that the lawgiver in heaven bent down in Jesus. He came down the mountain. To touch a leper. Look at Matthew 8, 1 into 2. When he, Jesus, came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He starts with the word Lord. He says if his faith needs to grow. In the Old Testament, it was forbidden to touch a leper because a leper was unclean. Don't touch him. Leviticus 13, 45 and 46, the leper who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone. Hey, like that. He shall dwell alone in a habitation outside the camp. That's painful to hear. Friend, leprosy is a symbol of sin. It is a disease deep within that is called here unclean. To be alone, unclean, untouchable, a leper. And when you are a leper, you don't need a speech about how bad it is or how unclean you are. You have leprosy for heaven's sake. That's obvious. You don't need someone to tell you how sick you are when you already know how sick you are. And when you have to live with it every day and watch your fingers fall off and your numbness set in, you don't need someone to just tell you unclean, unclean. You don't need a judge to condemn you or a critic to analyze you or a nag to harass you. You just need to be healed by a healer who loves you. When leprosy hits you with its scourge, you lose the natural power to feel in time. And so to be healed of leprosy means to feel a touch for real. And for it to be okay to be touched and to touch back and to be clean. Clean. Inside, not outside. Not alone anymore. Friend, we are all lepers in the Old Testament. We're all lepers. Because God stands at a distance and we cannot touch him lest we die because we are under the condemnation of the law because of sin. Thus the law of Moses codified the fact that you can't touch a leper and be clean. And yet there was a mercy provision in the law for the possibility that somehow someone could cure the leper so that the one whose hands were numb and scarred, full of sores, could be declared clean by the priest. Now in the Old Testament, one leper was cured during the days of the prophet Elisha. And this leper was not an Israelite leper. The Assyrian general Naaman came to the prophet Elisha asking him to be healed. Remember that story in your Old Testament there? And Elisha told him to go back and dip his whole body seven times in the river Jordan and he would be healed. Now Naaman was a big man in Assyria. He got mad at the prophet. He said, what do you mean? The whole idea of washing a muddy, scummy, rotten smelling, awful Jewish river called the Jordan to be clean. Come on, you're asking me to do that? Now, the name Jordan means to go down. It symbolizes death that goes to the Dead Sea. Like a seed in the water, he had to go down into baptism to rise to a new life and be clean. So he was telling him, you need to be baptized. 
And that's what people need too in the Christian era. But Naaman humbled himself before God and the prophet. And he did what the man of God said to do. He dipped seven times and he was baptized in the river and he came out of the water clean with the skin like a baby. New life. God taught Peter by the vision of the sheep that no man or woman is common and unclean with God. So lepers are out. They're people too. God loves people and God wants people everywhere to be saved. Friend, we are to interact with people and touch their lives for God and never see anyone as unclean. We are to love people for Jesus' sake. No matter what they've done or what they've gone through, we are to touch their lives with Jesus' love and life. Christ told the man now clean to go and show himself to a priest. That's a preacher in our time. Preachers and priests don't heal people. Preachers and priests can observe what Jesus did. They can affirm it, but they're not the power that gets it done. Preachers can't affirm anything that God has not done, but they can affirm what he has done. And so that's why preachers baptize. It's an evidence that the Lord has saved this person, so they're baptized. This is the first time in the New Testament the word touch appears. And right here, Jesus touches the leper and makes him clean by changing the law of the leopard by the touch of mercy and love. Second time, Jesus touches in the New Testament here in Matthew. Jesus chooses to heal Peter's mother-in-law who's very sick. How many of you have good relationships with your mother-in-laws? Oh, you better raise your hand. And if you're not raising your hand, you will go home to the wrath of mother-in-law. Okay. Look, we live in a culture where there are lots of mother-in-law jokes out there, right? We don't want to say them in the church. We love our mother-in-laws. Men and husbands, take note of this fact. Jesus loves your mother-in-law, so you'd better treat her right. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. So she'd have a long life giving that good advice to Peter. Peter needed it. He needed his mother-in-law. Now, Peter may have viewed that as a mixed blessing, but it was a blessing Peter needed. Now, Matthew eight fourteen to 16, when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she rose and served him. That evening, they brought to him many who were possessed with demons and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. When Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, some might argue that it was a mixed blessing for Peter. I was up at this dramatic thing that they have in Pennsylvania where they go through Bible and they get like a skit on Joseph's life or Peter's life or something like that. And on this one, I went up there and I heard a Bible skit where Peter said it was a mixed blessing. You know, I thought that was a bad use of humor in that program. It was no mixed blessing. It was an awesome blessing that his mother-in-law was saved. The good effect was felt in the whole community for the good of all. The miracle was first felt in her life. And as soon as she was healed by the touch of Jesus, she got up and she didn't take long. As soon as Jesus touched her, she served Jesus. How long does it take from the time you're healed to serve Jesus? It's instant. You must serve Jesus because the touch of Jesus qualifies you to immediately make a difference in someone else's life. Dear heart, when Jesus touches you to heal you, you are healed. You need to get up right away and serve Jesus as you can in his power, it's an honor to be touched by Jesus. It's an honor to be healed by Jesus. It's an honor to be baptized, to be a believer. So we rise from our sick bed and serve him because we are healed in Jesus' name by the touch of Christ. That touch of Jesus broke the power of the demons in the community. And all the people oppressed by Satan, possessed, came to Jesus to be healed. Verse 16 says he healed all who were sick. Friend, blindness is not the absence of feeling, but the absence of light and sight. And yet blindness can be the deepest kind of loneliness that needs the touch of healing. In Matthew 9, two blind men hung out together to help ease the pain of being blind alone. 
Turn to Matthew 9, 27. As Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. How can two blind men follow Jesus? <laughs> Think about that. There's only one way. See, the words of the Bible are intentional. They follow only because they hear Jesus. They follow his word because they can't see Jesus. Let's consider that. They follow the one who speaks, and thus the blind can follow Jesus because his word is in their ear. You may be blind. You may not be able to see God's lead in your life. But when you hear the words of Christ, in the preaching of the word, in Bible study, your devotions, or in the witness of someone else, you can follow Jesus because of the words. Jesus went through the door into the house, the text says. He went right in. And the door was still open when they came right through it, not knowing they were going through a door. They went right into that house, uninvited. The two blind men didn't know the door was open for them because they can't see. They were just following the words of Jesus. He led them right into the house. So they followed Jesus together into the house where Jesus stood on the other side of the door that should have been shut to them but wasn't shut. Verse 28, when he entered the house, the blind men came to him and said to him, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. Jesus touched their eyes in the house. They were so blind, they didn't know they were in the house with Jesus. The text doesn't say Jesus came out of the house to heal them. They came into the house to be healed. Jesus healed them inside the house. They followed the sound of Jesus into the house, and they were healed in the house. Friend, our God has established the church as his house, as a place where people can be touched and healed. The word of God leads them to the place where Christ can heal them here by his touch. God leads blind people to the church who don't know a thing about truth because they hear the words of God, they see it lived out in our lives, and they come to be healed and they don't even know it. They're just following the words into the church. Jesus, inside the church, loves everyone who comes through that door. This is why we are measured by what we say to each other, what we do to each other, how we treat these dear people. The Spirit of God has manifested in us our need for conversion. Because the deepest need we have is to love people, to touch them. I like verse 30, and their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly charged them, see that no one knows it, but they went away and spread his fame through all that district. Let me see. He touched the leper, right? Touched. What's the second one? Peter's mother-in-law and healed her, right? And the third one here, two blind men, he touched them. Now look at verse 30. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly charged them, see that no one knows it. But they went away and spread his fame throughout all that district. Now, I think there are four healings, but there are five times when Jesus touches. Fear of God is hard, isn't it? Have you ever been afraid of God? We just want to stay away from church. Uh, God. I don't want to go visit God because he makes my conscience feel bad every time I hear the preacher preach. You ever feel like that? I have. I don't want to go to church. Fear of God. Ah. When Jesus appeared in the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus appeared in glory and power. And Peter, James, and John saw Jesus light up like the 4th of July and like an atom bomb in power and intensity. The pre-existent Christ just came through his humanity. And then the voice of God was heard at night and it filled them all with fear as the Father spoke. And just like Sinai in the Old Testament, it was happening right there on the Mount of Transfiguration. Probably Mount Tabor. Now look at verse 5 of Matthew 17. 
He was still speaking when, lo, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were filled with awe. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. When Jesus touched them, Jesus said, Rise and have no fear. Friend, the touch of Jesus heals us from our fear of the God you could never touch on your own and live. The touch of Jesus takes away the fear of God. The fourth and last time Jesus touches someone for healing, which is the fifth time altogether, is in the Gospel of Matthew, to heal them. Jesus heals two blind men who live on the side of the road on the outside of the house. This story stands in contrast to the other two. The two blind men early in the Gospel of Matthew followed Jesus into the house that Jesus entered. But not everyone will come to the house of God to be healed in this way. Some people don't come through the doors of the church. We will continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. So please stay tuned. If you would like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that at the close of our broadcast today. You can also attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend a live service in streaming format on that website. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko on today's Reaching Your Heart. As Christians, we have to go where the people are in our lives. We have to be relevant in our community, in our neighborhood, in the street, the grocery store, with our friendship associations. If, if we go to some kind of club or something, we need to be mindful of that. Jesus would be taken there to those people. Matthew 20, verse 29, And as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed them. And behold, two blind men, you see, deja vu, sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out just like the other ones, Have mercy on us, son of David. Maybe they heard about the two that got out of the house. And they're outside the house, and they hear him. They latch on to that. Verse 31, the crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent. Now, that's an English way. The Greek could say, shut up. But they cried out more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. These two blind men heard Jesus passing by. That's the only Jesus they could sense, the hearing of Jesus. They latched on to that voice as their best hope of being healed. And friend, the word of God is the voice of God. It's your best hope of being healed, to put this word into your life. The crowd in the Gospel of Matthew are religious people who have no interest for the real people in need on the streets. They're following Jesus because he's a rock star superstar to them. They're blinder than the blind because they do not see their need for mercy. They're unmerciful in their interactions. They're not showing kindness as they're trying to interact. They're rude. They're hostile. They're awful. And yet they're following Jesus. Now, friends, praise God they're following Jesus. I've been one of those people in my life. I've been rude, hostile, and mean to people without intending to. Have you? You see, that's the crowd. And that's the deeper blindness in the story. I interact with people of religion. I interact with preachers sometimes who are narcissists. With this kind of people who use religion to bully you and intimidate you and shut you up. Maybe we've all done a little of that. Maybe a lot. In this story, it is true that Jesus would rather heal two blind men on the road that are disliked by the whole crowd than to be popular with that crowd. That same crowd will shift quickly in the Gospel of Matthew and eventually have Jesus crucified. And they will say, crucify him, crucify because he no longer is a rock star. You know, I've learned that people who are really your friends are those who are with you when you're in trouble. 
When they get out of there, now they may not agree with you, but they don't give up on you, they're your friends. Same thing will happen at the end of time. People, we've been told in Great Controversy, page 608, as the test approaches, a large class who have professed faith in the third angel's message, but who have not been sanctified by the obedience to the truth, men of pleasing address. She's talking about ministers here. Will unite with the world, will become our fiercest opposers, who will take the truth that we cherish and turn on it and turn on those who are faithful to it. And the mark of the beast struggle will be a life and death struggle for the truth. And friends, we are living in a time when in our Advent movement today, that milieu has formed. And the law of God is at the heart of the issue of the mark of the beast with the faith of Jesus. It's not about trivial things like barcodes and nonsense. It's about the law of God going in your forehead and his frontlets between your eyes. And having the faith of Jesus and the enemy of souls will set his sight on the holy law of God and the gospel of Christ to bring it down at the time of the end. And the remnant people of God will be kind, loving, born-again believers who keep the law of God and have the testimony of Jesus. It's that basic. And there are dear people who will get more of this as we near the end. But we're no good to God if we aren't healed. See, we don't represent Jesus if we're not born of the Spirit. And so I speak to you as a fellow traveler seeking God to bathe me in kindness. I need it. Both groups at both times call on Jesus. Both groups of the two blind men to have mercy on them as the son of David. Boy, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Have mercy on me, Jesus, son of David. The two stories inform us that Jesus heals people in the church. They go into the house and Jesus heals people on the outside of the church. Jesus heals. He heals us from our fear of God. And believe it or not, Jesus heals our mother-in-laws too. Can I hear an amen to that? Come on. He heals our mother-in-laws too. So treat your mother-in-law with respect and love like Jesus would. Why? Because Jesus is the healer who brings to us all the tender touch of Almighty God. Two twin girls were born a few years ago in a hospital far from here. One was born fine and healthy. The other was born weak and ready to die. At first, the two baby girls were placed in separate incubators to make it on their own. One of the nurses who was watching the little girls decided to do something out of the ordinary for the one in need and likely to die. Without any idea or directive from her superior, she took that little baby out of its incubator and put it into the incubator of her little sister who was doing fine. Shortly after, the nurses in the ward noticed that the healthy little sister put her arm out and put it around her little sister and touched her. Was it intentional or was it by chance? No one knows for sure. But it happened. It was a beautiful thing, orchestrated by God's love. The strong one touched and embraced the weak one. It didn't take long before the little sister who was dying had a rapid transformation. Her heart rate stabilized. Her temperature rose to normal. And she began to get well and breathe easy, and she survived. This was an amazing thing. And touch therapy now is considered medical therapy. It's part of the thinking in many hospitals. She felt the energy and warmth of her little sister's touch, the energy aura field of love that we all have. She received the love energy from her little sister and the will to live. Now, friend, God has placed us all in the church here today for the saving of each other. We're not here so we get our way. We're not here so we look important. We're not here so we stand significant in our own eyes. God has put us here to help someone be saved and us to be saved. 
And he's placed people on the outside of the church so we can reach out to them and touch them for Jesus. Friends, we need the warmth, the love, and the touch of Jesus in the incubator that is our church. We are here to be healed in Jesus' name, Jesus, Son of David. We are here to be touched in Jesus' name, Jesus, Son of David. We're here to receive mercy from God in Jesus' name, Jesus, Son of David. Say it with me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. That only works if you feel like you need it. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Touch us, O God, in Jesus' name. And heal us for the glory of God. Teach us how to touch others in the right way so they can live. And let us know what it feels like to touch God, but more profoundly, to be touched by God. And here's my prayer. Jesus, touch us all with God so we can live. In Jesus' name. Take your hand. Just reach it high to heaven. and Touch God. God has touched you already. Live. God bless you. Dear Father, as we bow our heads here and we seek you, thank you for touching us in Jesus. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for your presence, the healing touch of your love. Lord, help us to do the same. Help us get off the petty stuff that would define us as the center of the universe and realize we were placed on this planet to touch people with love and kindness. And help us to never carry a sorrow when we can share joy for others' goods. In Jesus' name, amen. That will conclude the message entitled The Touch of Jesus with Pastor Michael Augustin Tanko. Today is reaching your heart. We would really love it if you would join us for our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock and Wednesday at 7.30 p.m., either online or in person. If you would like to join us in person, the address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. That's 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you are certainly welcome to join us online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.